Welcome to the Beyond Ordinary Woman podcast. Every two weeks, we'll post a podcast version of one of our free training videos, but you can access them now at beyondordinarywomen.org. This episode or series includes downloadable information on our website, beyondordinarywomen.org. Go to resources on the main menu and click on podcast slash video extras. Enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Kay Daigle of Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. And this is the third video in a series on millennials. And once again, I'm with Nika Spaulding. Um, and Nika is one of my very favorite millennials. And she is here to help us understand better about how to partner with millennials and work with millennials in really anything, but ministry particularly since that's our topic. We've already had a video on exactly who millennials are. We had one on ministering to millennials. So if you missed those, please go back and watch them. And we will put a document on our website at beyondordinarywomen.org so that you can get the outline and the gist of what Nika is saying. So Nika, yeah. let me turn it over to you as we talk about ministering with millennials. Yeah. So ministering with, this is, I love to talk about this, and mostly because we're not going anywhere. And so I consistently tell people in ministry, look, whether you have strong opinions about millennials being the worst, or you actually believe in us, either way, you're going to hand your ministry off to a millennial someday, or you're going to watch your ministry close its doors, which is far more tragic than letting a millennial run it, trust me. And so um, this is one of the things that I think people now need to have some sort of plan. How am I going to involve the next generation? And one of the best ways I see doing it is collaborating together. And so rather than just going, hey, I'm going to take a millennial 10 years from now and just go, hey, here's everything. I wrote your manual. Good luck. Start incorporating them now. If you have a board on, uh, for your ministry, put a millennial on your board. If you've got opportunities to sort of a farm program to bring leaders up through it, specifically look and recruit millennials. Millennials want to lead. This is true of the entire generation for the most part. There's always exceptions like we've talked about, but we want opportunities to use our gifts. We want opportunities to, to take what God has given us and to impact the world in a big way. And so it, when I see ministries that are cross-generational, I can, I can know pretty early on, is this going to be a healthy handoff? Is this going to be something that over the years, the millennials are going to grow into their responsibilities, understand the ministry ins and outs, and frankly, not have to pay as many dummy taxes as some millennials do when they start from scratch because they've had the benefit of older, wiser women, men and women, who have helped foster them and grow them. And so um, now's the time. You know, I'm on the high end of millennial and I'm 33, just turned 33. They've got 20s and, and early 30s in this generation, it's not too early to start including millennials in your ministry. And so um, that's what I'd say is we're not going anywhere, <laughs> whether you like it or not. We're the future deaconesses, we're the future women's leaders, we're the future whatever leadership positions you have in the church. And so if that scares you, spend more time with us. Um, and if that excites you, then I would encourage you to start using us now. And then you may be wondering, well, how? You know, where, where do I best put a millennial? And I think ministering with millennials, a great way to do that is to put millennials where they're already 
excited, fired up, and savvy. You know, I, as a, as a millennial on the high end, I remember learning how to type early on in elementary school. I remember computers always being a part of my education system. I remember having an email address before I left elementary school. And today, most kids have tablets by the time they're in kindergarten for their school. So when you think about the technology portion of your ministry, which let's face it, everybody has one now. Get a millennial to run it. Have her run your social media campaign. Have her set up email. Have her run your website. She speaks that language. I watch so many frustrated baby boomers or silent generations or Gen Xers who are just going, this is not in my wheelhouse. And I'm going, great. Go get a millennial. And then take her to coffee once a month. Tell her how much you appreciate it and to grow her in those skills as well. But use them in social media. Use them in social justice. Some of the best women's ministries I've been a part of have a part of their Bible study as, as social justice, outreach to the neighborhood, outreach to the disenfranchised. Let a millennial run that. They're passionate about it. They'll recruit their friends, and they have a global mindset of how to grow it. And so there are plenty of opportunities for millennials to use their gifts in really impactful ways. You know, one of the things that I talk about, whether you agree with Colin Kaepernick or not on taking a knee, he got an entire nation to talk about things like police brutality, patriotism, what is respectful. Our I mean, an entire nation talked about these things. Whether you love LeBron James or not, and I love LeBron James, he went home to Akron, Ohio, where he's from, and in Cleveland, and he's changing that city. And he's a millennial. You know, he's 32 years old, and he's changing an entire city by using the platform that God has given him. And, and I could go on and on naming other millennials who, for better or for worse, whether you land it or not, are at least creating the conversation, creating the space for ministry to take place, for us to enter into the difficult conversations. And so ministering with millennials is not that complicated. We're good at a lot of things just by way of how we grew up. And so I would say maximize that, leverage the gifts that God has given us and put us in those spaces. And then I think one of the things ministering to or with millennials that's inevitable that I think people should be aware of is, and we mentioned this before, we do need some reparenting. And so I think so many times some of the lessons that are, you know, people all the time will go, didn't your mama teach you? And there are millennials that will be like, well, no. I mean, my mom was, God bless her, working really hard to provide for us. And so those intangible lessons, I think about early on in my ministry, we'd have so many moms that would just screaming babies in the back of the room at Bible study. And sometimes older women would be like, doesn't she know to take her baby out? And I would just go, maybe not. You know, maybe nobody has been that mom in her life to put her hand on her back and go, hey, sweetie, can I take your baby for you out here? Let's go talk. And she's frazzled and she clearly hasn't showered in days. And in those moments, we might be tempted to go, gosh, what a poor leader. She doesn't understand these basic fundamentals. But really, she might be an incredible leader. That's at her wit's end because she's in an area that she's new at and she didn't have a stay-at-home model for her to, to watch. And so she's really struggling, but that doesn't mean she wouldn't be a great ministry leader. And so one of the things I talk about ministering with millennials, we think of mentoring a lot of times as sort of these professional type relationships. They're transactional. I have a set of skills. I can help you with that set of skills. I have a set of information. I can help you with this. And ministering with millennials, it's going to be less transactional and more incarnational. Millennials want to know that you care. They want you to invite them into their home. They want you to make them a home-cooked meal because it might be the first one they've had in a year. They want to know that if they screw up, that you're not going to be like a boss, and then suddenly they may lose their position in your life, but you're going to be like a mom who goes, hey, pick yourself up. This is where you messed up. Let's pray for repentance, and let's get back out there. And I say all that knowing that that doesn't mean that they won't be phenomenal leaders. And it doesn't mean that they can't minister in, in small and big ways within your ministry. And so 
I am not saying put immature people in important positions in ministry. I think that's wisdom that you put mature people where uh, places are really important. But what I am saying is create avenues for women who maybe in some sectors of their life aren't doing as great, and you can reparent them in those ways, but still maximize their gifts in the Lord and use them in ministry in really profound ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, I don't think that sounds quite so scary. I think yeah. sometimes baby boomers are like, mentor somebody? I, I don't know anything, mm-hmm. I, especially with millennials. Yeah. They, they have all this knowledge and they're thinking of the technology yeah. and all that stuff. And so they feel like I don't have anything to give yeah. to them. And yet just some real practical yeah practical life lessons sometimes are things that we can pass on as as we do that. I love that. I, you know, I'm fortunate to have so many older mentors in my life. And I think about, you know, I'm maybe a poor example because my training's through seminary, but I have so many friends who law school, PhDs, they're, they're doctors and they want a mentor in their fifties and their sixties. And, and, and so many times it's reluctance of those older generations going, thank you. I have an undergraduate degree, or I, I don't even have that. I met my husband in college. I, I left school. I had my kids. I raised my kids. What am I supposed to tell her? How, what information can I give her? And if we stop thinking of mentoring as information in terms of like data and, and sort of this coding stuff, and think of information of just life skills, you have a lifetime of wisdom that that will help. And so, uh, you know, relationships are difficult. We need help with that. How do we transition from being kids that live in our parents' homes to being adults and still managing those relationships well? How do we um, learn how to say no? I mean, that's something that I find in so many of my older friends that they're like. Like, oh, you get to a certain age and you quit worrying about disappointing people. And in my 20s, I said yes to everything and needed people above me going, Nike, it's okay to disappoint people. And that's the stuff that it doesn't matter that I have a master's. I didn't learn that in my master's, you know. And so those are so many of the life skills that I think older generations underestimate the wisdom they have with them. And then I would just say, do not underestimate the value of just telling someone every day that you love them and just every day of telling them, I believe in you. I'm here for you. Um, And so many times millennials come and they don't want to know, how can I get better in my boardroom? There's professional relationships for that. Those networks have been created. They just want to know, hey, I am really struggling to spend time in the Word. How do you prioritize that? When you had three screaming kids under five years old and you had gum in your hair and food all over the place, how did you manage to maintain your relationship? Those are the the gems and the gold that we can mine out of those cross-generational relationships that will serve people for the rest of their lives. So whether you're a CEO or a mother of five, there is still something about what does wisdom of life look like? How can I grow in Christ-likeness in seasons that are crazy in seasons that are difficult. And then I would just say, there are so many life experiences that we share. Uh, Death in the family, uh, heartbreak, things like that. Someone you love getting diagnosed with cancer. There is a wisdom of life that helps us through that. What do we do when our parents get sick for the first time? What do I do when somebody I love gets cancer? Where do I turn to when I don't hear God? Those are the types of things that so many women maybe even go, I don't know, but I'm going to commit to pray for you every day this month. And that alone would be worth that relationship. And so have those kinds of relationships minister to millennials in that way so that you can then deploy them in ministry so that 20 years from now, when somebody asks me those questions, I'll go, you know what? I learned this from my friend Kay Daigle, and this has served me well for the last 20 years. And so let me pass on this richness to you. And I think that is going to help millennials be deployed in ministry for the long term. Right. That's great. Thank you so much. Thanks for all the wisdom and 
the time that you've given us to share this. So I encourage you again to watch all three videos. And if you have any questions, please contact us on our website. And if I don't know the answer, I don't have an idea, I'll just contact Nika and let her contact you. Thanks for listening to the Beyond Ordinary Women podcast. You can find more podcasts and information about women in leadership by going to beyondordinarywomen.org. This podcast was produced by Beyond Ordinary Women Ministries. Our production team includes Evelyn Babcock, Kay Daigle, Kay Halligan, Deborah Herring, Sharifa Stevens, and John Sparks. Theme music, Back in Stride by Don Miller, used by courtesy of Christine Miller.